Kia ora and welcome to this edition of the Maxim Institute Book Club. My name is Jason and today I'm joined by two of our researchers, Alla and Kieran. G'day guys. Hello. Hey Jason. It's great to have you guys both here to discuss this book. Let's jump right in. Alla, you're the one who chose the book for us this month, The Quest for Community by Robert Nisbet. Do you want to tell us a little bit about why you chose it? What was it that drew you to it? And maybe a little bit about why you wanted to share it with us. Sure. Um, I think the title itself and itself uh, is self-explanatory. Um, I didn't really, I think reflecting on why this question, why I chose it, um, at the time of picking this book, um, I just moved back to Auckland, um, kind of left small town Dunedin. So in terms of resettling back into Tamaki Makoto, there was sort of, in terms of a personal front, this, my own personal quest for community, um, like looking for a church and I guess making new friends and even, um, yeah, re, uh, connecting with this new work community community that I'd become a part of. So I think the title was more of like a personal, like, oh, I think I'm at that stage. Um, but um, having delved into the book, um, I think I was drawn more to this idea of um, local community, which the author talks about and he um, in some ways advocates for um, what he calls intermediate associations or like your local yeah, your local groups, families, um, local tennis club, trade unions, so things that aren't necessarily um, central government. Um, yeah, so I like this. I, I'm a big advocate of, of community and things keeping things local. Um, I think central government um, has a role to play, but um, a limited role to play is probably optimal in, in my eyes. So um the book explores those concepts of, um, yeah, rising individualism and the state, centralised state power, and and then um, I guess countering these things with um, championing communities. So, yeah, that that was upon reading, but the title was was more like a personal, like drawing into it rather than a professional. So. Um, kind of like a this is where I am in life at the moment. Maybe there'll be some guidance for me here. Well, correct, yeah, and and there was actually I'd I'd learnt. Um, I mean, it has a a big sociology sort of context. So I didn't do the arts or anything of that nature at uni. So this was like a huge sort of learning for myself in terms of what was going on and in, in terms of the Enlightenment and. Um, European European history, so yeah, it was kind of like a historical lesson, but um, some some fitting themes for today, I think, and which is why I wanted to share it because I think community is great. Um, people desire community, and community is central to society. So, um, of course, I'm going to advocate for it. And so, Kieran, uh, you know, you had to read this book as well. We've all, we've all had to read it. What? What did you think upon uh, hearing the selection for this this um, book club? Yeah, I mean, I I this book and some of Nisbet's other books were quite formative for me, thinking around um, political philosophy and and uh, sort of this alternative, uh, potentially an alternative voice that champions, as Allah was talking about before, the intermediate associations. Um, that there's more to the political world than just individuals and the state um there are these these associations uh where we naturally belong to where we yearn to belong to um and most 
the sort of modern ways of understanding um, political society um, just sort of ignore that or see these communities as a nice to have. Um, but it's actually, for me, reflecting on um, the way I view the world and the way um, the way I see that things are and things that could be, we don't give the role of these intermediate associations, um, neighbourhoods, extended families, church, churches, guilds. Um, well, he talks about guilds back in the day, less of a thing now. Um, uh, unions, clubs, local groups, um, even local government to a, to a other extent. Um, so I think his sort of his theory, um, which, which we'll probably get into a bit more around the rise of individualism and the rise of statism at the same time and the, the, the cost of the decline um, of um, associations um, is really telling. And I think, yeah, yeah. he wrote it in the 50s, um, but there's still a lot. I think, as Alice said before, that we can learn um, from here as well. Awesome. So on that theme of what we can learn, um, what does the book actually tell us, Allah? Why don't you um, take us through uh, the flow of his argument um, and, and some of the, the high points along the way that you got out of it? Yeah, sure. And then, Kieran, I'll uh, get you to do the same thing for us. Sure. Kieran may need to, to jump in and correct where I might have uh, committed heresy with some of the historical events. Um, as, the book is quite lengthy and um, like a lot to chew over if you're not familiar with political theories or not that way inclined. Um, he gives like quite a extensive description of, I guess, historical events, um, shifts in political ideologies that have um, shaped um, Western democracies, or even the formation of of democracy, um, and so goes he goes as starts as far back as the Enlightenment and European history draws on, um, I guess parallels of of democracy at that time, and and is trying to draw that across to the current um, time period that he was in, which is the nineteen fifties, America, as well. I think the context is huge, so it's got an American backdrop. Um, they've just come out of. This is post-war America as well. So there's, um, I guess, like a rise of, um, I, I'm going to assume the baby boomers are teenagers at the time. So there's popular culture coming. There's a rise of that. Um, there's probably, from memory, huge commercialization of things. So there's these industries popping up as well. And, and amidst all that sort of growth um, is this loss of community that he's concerned about in Amongst that is this increase in centralised power or the state. So um, a lot of, yeah, his central argument is that in, in this rise of the state or centralised power comes at a loss of community in, in these intermediate associations. So in churches and extended family and neighbourhoods, even in a growing divide between, you know, rural and urban because of this, um, these industries popping up and people shifting away from what used to be villages or pockets of those small communities in the regions. Um, and he, yeah, I think my understanding, I like that he's given some, he, he draws on these sociologists. I think some of them are conservative. Correct me if I'm wrong here and by nature as well that I'd never heard of. So I, I was learning a lot of, um, a lot of new authors, um, new new theories, or, or um, yeah, train of a school of thoughts that I I hadn't really encountered prior to this book. So, um, and a lot of those I've like got on a list to like look up to be like, oh, what's he talking about here? Um, but the the crux of it is essentially he's concerned about the loss of community, and 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 the loss of community or this desire or quest for community 
there's also this rise of the state that people are looking to as a as a community, the, the political community. Um, yeah, does that make sense, Karen? Any thoughts we would like to elaborate on, or correct, yeah. or add, subtract? Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, I think part of the context of this, um, as as we said, it was sort of released in the fifties, um, and in in the states, um, alongside. Um, Russell Kirk's book as well, um, The Conservative Mind, was released a year before, um, and I think he was sort of reading it at the same time. And so this this book actually formed part of a sort of a renaissance of conservative thought in America, um, which is hearkening back to um, some of the works of Edmund Burke and um, and Alexis de Tocqueville from um, from the states as well, who was sort of the philosopher of the associations. Um, and so. <laughs> I was reading. I was reading some context around this before, and it turns out the, this particular book, Nisbet's Quest for Community, was was popular with the left and the right. Um, so it was sort of bolstering this notion of um, pushing back a bit against the um, the sort of modern liberal uh, rise of individualism. Um, <laughs> and one of the reviewers, uh, I think he was actually reflecting. Um, Nisbet wrote a piece in '93, I think, which is like 40 years later, um, called "Still Questing." Um, where he saw that, the, you know, the, the arguments he makes are still relevant. Um, but he was surprised that it was quite popular on the left. Um, but he sort of put that down to just the title sounds really good um, and that we should all, we're all questing for community, right? It's a good thing. Um, and that they may not have read past the title, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting. Um, but I think there's a sense of part of the argument um, is that the, or part that's quite persuasive to me anyway, is the sense of, um, that we desire to belong to things that are bigger than us. Um, but we also, um, that sense of belonging is, um, is key to formation. It's key to community. It's, um, one of his big arguments is that, um, he's basically against big things as well. Um, so if we think back to one of our previous book clubs on small is beautiful, um, there's a sense that, um, the, the bigger, so we're talking about big states, um, um, big business as well, um, the more decentralized authority can be, and that's where people had a lot more authority in local government, more authority in, um, in, the, in the church, in other areas, um, the less we are likely to have any situations of, um, I mean, he was worried about totalitarianism and communism in, in, in that space, um, and rightly so, given the context with, you know, Soviet Russia, etc. Um, but the what these intermediate institutions provide was a sense of distributed authority. Um, and so where there's distributed authority, which is sort of um, from below, there's less need for power from above. And so he saw this um, he saw this sequence of the rise of um, what he called sort of atomized individuals. And I, I like that idea of atoms just sort of free floating around, um, which follows on... Um, you know, that's sort of just the the natural flow of liberalism from sort of Locke and Rousseau and those guys, but also the state rising as well. And all of the functions that these, um, everything from the family um, to unions to um, churches has been sort of subsumed into, um, into the state. So the state's growing more and more, the functions that the state is performing grows more and more. Um, which means the reason for these institutions to exist at all um, is diminished, and so they just sort of dissolve. Um, and what he saw was a sense of, um, like, Nisbet 
would not be fond of ideas of national family or national community or that sort of thing. So I think about, you know, the team of five million and um, this idea of, of the state as a community. Um, he would just be like, mm, that's not um, that's not healthy nor good um, because where we haven't got allegiances to local and um, these these other institutions, then there's a sense that we've just got a sense of individuals attaching to the state. Um, and yeah, there's a, there's a uh, another sort of sociological term called anomy, which is sort of a sense of um, isolation um, from others, um, but at the same time, a, a lack of desire to connect with others at the same time. And so I think that's part of what he was... Um, you know, um, concerned about as well. So yeah, the big sort of flow of the argument, I think, is a rise of individualism, the rise of centralization and power in the state, and a lot of, um, yeah, isolation and centralization of power and all the problems that comes with that. Um, that's sort of the key, part of the key argument there. One of the other things that you said earlier, Allah, was this idea that, um, one of the themes is is to go is to encourage the the local community and i uh, was struck by how at the end of the last lockdown last year we were told go shop local um you know support your local cafes and businesses eat local do all these things is that something that you think um having having read this book and and thought about it that nisbet would uh support and, and encourage is that kind of what or, or is it a different sort of local connection that he's thinking of. No, wholeheartedly. <laughs> I think, I mean, he he talks about in terms of intermediate associations, you know, they're, they're the people on the ground. They they are like the your local elderly neighbour to like the family, the new family down the road. So um, I think he describes individuals that are part of the state as like abstract beings or aggregated beings, which, yeah, I think when you start to get centralized things you get lost in that as an individual um but he's advocating for um yeah human relationships for human connection for those interpersonal relationships that can get lost in the vastness of of centralized power um and and I've kind of I think I've sort of seen that not seen it but having come from a place like Dunedin which is very small and exactly what Nisbet describes as um, you know, they, they, those intermediate associations, church or student groups or the, um, local library that I, you know, was volunteering at or things like that. Those, those are the associations that I think of when he talks about intermediate associations. And sometimes I don't see them dem- like pictured in the team of five million. They don't often feature. And, and I think, um, anyone that, that, that advocates to have the little man, the small guy, um, that Nisbet is advocating for a feature um, and, and give voice to, I think, um, yeah, I, I drew big sort of like learnings from from his way of articulating that because I've never really come across someone um, articulating the importance of these associations in terms of in the political context. I mean, yes, in health and education, but um, he does it in this sort of kind of abstract big ideas, but still relevant for a contemporary society way. Mm. I really, I really, just on that, I think, um, like he's a he is a sociologist, um, but one of the big, um, just f- sort of flipped ways of viewing the world um, that he gives us is, is a sense of 
just not accepting the modern liberal conception of the individual as a basis of society, as a base unit of society, which has just become so um, ingrained into who we are. Um, but that these groups should actually be the base unit, um, starting from the family and going to the bigger connections. Um, and it's just a, it's just an interesting, interesting way of viewing society. Um, and it's distinct from um, you know you could argue that it's it's not too distinct from say. Um, the socialist or Marxist ways of viewing the world in, in class. Um, but I think the distinction here is that these, um, these, this, this way of viewing the world um, in a sense of our, um, uh, in terms of our associations um, is one of belonging and connection. Uh, and I'd go so far as to say affection and love. Um, whereby the the more marxist perspective is 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 um groups in power struggles and uh, oppressors and, and and the oppressed um and it's it's a it's it's not based in the individual um there's certainly a, a large state that arises out of that um but it is based in um yeah our 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 human nature is we do have a longing to belong and we do have a sort of this innate quest for community, which I think is why the title resonates. Um, but yeah, viewing, viewing society as, as, as groups of associations um, rather than individuals, I think is a, is a, is, a, is at the very least a, a useful sort of thought experiment to think about. What about points of maybe disagreement or questioning that you had around as you're reading this through Allah? Were there any that stuck out for you where you're like, Oh, not so sure about that. Yeah, I I don't know if I disagree, but just kind of like, hmm, uh, yeah, I kind of like scratching my head, need to think about about it a bit more. And um, he has this sort of vision of social pluralism, like like um, you know, in in the midst of I amongst being associated to different associations, but I just think sort of um of like multiculturalism and how does that work in, in that space? I think, I know I don't have an answer. I'm just, that kind of just triggered like a, oh, I don't know if a pluralistic society is, um, is yeah, how do you, yeah, I think if anything, it sort of made me think, oh, how do you balance community, individualism, but also different pockets of communities? Like we've, we've talked about different, the different intermediate associations, but then you've got the challenges and complexities of, you know, different ethnic groups and dif- different classes within that. How do we, how do we arrive at this sort of um, ideal utopia that he's describing, where it'll all be blissful <laughs> if if we just work together? And and I'm not disagreeing that working together is impossible. I'm just yeah, there there are more complexities that he's sort of highlighting in in that. And and I think that might actually speak to his context in terms of America, where obviously there are Americans, and um, maybe in some states. He was in California for most of his life. Just trying to think if it was as multicultural as it back then as it is now. So that was sort of one thing that I was like, oh, I don't know how would how would this idea of um, yeah social pluralism pluralism work um, today? I think for me, um, it, it's it's quite um, you know he he criticizes the notion of sort of um, abstract individuals and and states, um, but the the general tone of it of the book is is quite academic in the sense of um, it's not necessarily grounded in examples of what this could look like. It's all quite theoretical and conceptual, um, which is my sort of tendency as well. So I, I resonate with this, but at the same time, um, I think 
it's sort of more of a, a framework that needs filling in um, or, a, or a frame um, that needs painting um, on the canvas. And there's and that, perhaps that's fine. Perhaps this is not what the book's for, um, not what he was arguing for. It was more sort of the, the, the philosophical side of things. So I think that's one sort of sense of it'd be good to see how this, you know, some examples of what that looks like um, and how it lands. And from what I could discern, I mean, his solution is around um, is is trying to create the conditions for this um, what he calls a new laissez-faire um, which uh, what does he say um, a form of laissez-faire that has for its object not the abstract individual whether economic or political man but rather the social group or association um, so that's his sort of solution is like we we're saying before to promote that flourishing but he doesn't necessarily believe that the state has any role to play in that um, he sort of puts it down to we need to change our hearts, our, our more mores, our uh, manners and morals. Um, and I think potentially there's more of a um, that won't go far enough. And then it does at this point um, requires a um, sort of political initiative, um, but one that comes from this understanding of society and one that does promote that. Yeah, I mean, Kieran summed it up nicely. I think he's advocating for like a revival of like localism, um, which I which I agree with, um, and I've heavily said that throughout this podcast. Um, yeah, I think it. He doesn't really give, um, I guess, some tools. Not that in a book like most books like this, they don't often. They just sort of like stay in the lofty cloud nine, which which I like sometimes because I'm like, well. It sounds nice, so I'm going to believe it's nice. But um, I like, yeah, I like that he um, comes back to this idea of um, creating conditions that enable um, and help these intermediate associations not just survive but thrive as well. Uh, but he doesn't really go into this um, to the the state's role in that. Um, but yeah, I, I I like his idea of of go local, let's go, you know, as as we've seen in previous lockdowns and currently. He's, he's advocating. And I think in light of New Zealand today, uh, yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm for this revival of localism. We, we're seeing this heavy shift or heavy hand of the state and shift towards centralising a lot of things. And we've seen the, these intermediate associations get absorbed, like their powers and voice get absorbed up in the process. Um, so I think one way to counter that is to um, advocate for community and, and localism. That could just be a romantic sense, but um, it's wishful thinking. <laughs> so how might we uh, work it out then? If he hasn't, obviously, he's given us a, a skeleton or a blank canvas. Um, how might we, we fill that in? I mean, I think, um, I just think it might be worth quoting. Um, so as I said, he wrote an article in 1993, I think, um, sort of revisiting the idea. And he said um, that the double task kind of confronting um, people who are um, behind this vision, uh, and I quote, is, uh, is firstly to work tirelessly towards a diminution of the centralised, omnicompetent and unitary state with its ever-soaring debt and deficit. Um, and the second and equally important task is that of protecting reinforcing and nurturing where necessary the varied groups and associations which form the true building blocks of the social order. Um, and he says, to these two ends, I'm bound to believe in the continuing relevance of the quest for community. So again, you see that sort of sense of, of, of constraining the centralizing 
um, power of the state and, and, and bolstering um, these groups and associations. And I think, I think any sort of um, political um, frameworks or policies or areas um, that I think they are, you know, from where I'm coming from anyway, um, that's appropriate and good. And there needs to be, I think from what I've seen, more con- uh, space for local contexts to come through um, if we think of initiatives or policies being um, birthed out of Wellington. Uh, they they often, um, yeah, they often don't fact- always factor in the local um, body or the local community that this policy um, or new traffic light system or whatever um, is going to affect. So I, I think there needs to be, um, locals need to, <laughs> not inciting riots, but, you know, they need to, there's this idea of banding together um, as, as a local voice. I think often if you're in the smaller towns and the regions, you, you sort of feel like, what's the point um, if, if central, if the urban places or the big cities and Wellington isn't going to listen to us, well, actually there's still value in, in coming together as a community, even though your voices might feel like they're lost in the process. I think that idea of interpersonal relationship and human um, connection, uh, those are still fruits that come from, from those um, intermediate associations. Um, and you know, sometimes the state, the state doesn't always have the answer. I don't believe that it should either. Um, I think locals should draw in their own resources um, and, 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 you know, love thy neighbour. Um, yeah, and I, and I think because I've grown up in that context, I, I might have a bias towards community and um, I sort of have a tension between, you know, individualism and, and collect- collectivism because, you know, there are some things that you aspire to and might have as an individual, but you know that actually a lot of your form formation and your belonging stems from the collective or for the from community and these associations. So how do you still how do you balance those two? Well, I don't have an answer. Those are just ongoing tensions. Well, as we come to a close here, is there anything that either of you want to share that we haven't had a chance to go over yet? Uh, a good friend of mine always said, never go 90% when you're sharing something or when you're having a discussion, always go 100%, leave it all out there. So do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave us with? Oh, I can't. I can't. I think we've laid it all out there. <laughs> um, I think as we um, approach this whole traffic light system, don't rush. And it's like all these big sales coming up for Christmas, support your local communities local causes before you think big too um that's just my little plug for our local and intermediate associations kieran anything from you to finish off yeah i mean i think i i was um rubbishing nisbet's lack of um a complete solution to this and saying that you know um just us changing our habits and and, and, and mores and ways of being isn't sufficient. But I think it's a really good start. And I think Allah's, you know, Allah's sort of exhortation there to, um, to commit, to belong, to um, um, be part of your local um, join, join stuff, be part of things um, is, is really important. I saw in the, in the news last night that, um, you, know, you know, FOMO, the fear of missing out. Um, I saw there's a new one called HOGO, which is, which is the hassle of going out. And... Um, which in a, in a sort of lockdown age, I think we are, uh, we're more prone to, to, to HOGO than FOMO. But I think there's a really important um, uh, call to go out and to, um, to not fall prey to, 
to that dumb acronym and 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 belong and uh, and unless there's a sense of unless that's our 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 spirit and this is what you know this is what they saw what I was saying before to Tocqueville saw in America in um, in the in the in the 19th century was that real sense that people just belong to a bunch of things and that's it's it's really good and it and it distributes authority it distributes power and and, and creates belonging and sort of um, places of um, formation and character as well. And my last 10%, I think, will be around, again, bouncing off what Allah said before, around um, the Tocqueville also talked about something on soft despotism and basically where, where man, um, where, where, where um, people in a, in a, in a polis um, will cede their authority, um, willingly cede it for, for um, protection and keep doing that until there's nothing left. And I think there's a sense of for, um, for the local and... That's why I'm really concerned about a lot of these centralizing tendencies of the current government. Um, is that is that the local um, is is being sort of subsumed by the the centralizing um, government? And I think to the extent that you're belonging to these things, um, you need to to fight for them. Wow! I want to thank you both for joining me in this wonderful conversation. Thank awesome. you. Thanks, Jason. And I want to thank all of you out there as well who've joined us too. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to get in touch with us on bookclub at maxim.org.nz. And if you want to join us in our next book, on our next adventure, then sign up for our monthly forum updates on our website. Thanks for joining us again, and we look forward to catching up with you next time.